Greetings. Welcome again to the NEPPC podcast. I'm, I'm Brother Frank, and I'm with my brother and former political prisoner, Abdul Hakislam. Today's episode comes on comes uh, two days after uh, the fourth of July, as my brother Abdul Hakislam would say, where uh, some of us did. Both of you alive. Both of you alive. Can't say it no clearer than that. Uh, some of us engaged in a number of activities that uh, we were probably not aware of regarding celebrating the history of this country. But today, at some point uh, in this today's episode, we're going to um, play the speech of um, Frederick Douglass that needs to be played every 4th of you because um, it is our responsibility to carry on the um, ideas that um, our freedom fighters had um, talked about, right? Because they were in, they, as we said before, uh, the slaves that, the so-called slaves that uh, resisted their position in society because uh, society was saying that they were supposed to be the, uh, the working class, that was, they were going to be forced actually to be the working class so that the society can uh, make as much money off of their labor as possible. So they resisted, and some of them were in prison, and uh, some of them were executed. And so they were the first political prisoners, just so we can put the concept of political prisoner in its proper context when we talk about this idea, because this is not a new idea. This idea has been going on since the first societies were established, because they were always people who questioned what was happening and said how far they would be going to, um, to take action against an idea that is counter to what they uh, feel is correct or even uh, civilized as we're supposed to live in a civilization, uh, a place of peace. So today's episode, we are contributing uh, at least 40 minutes to the uh, 40 days of 40 rallies because of the 40 plus years of Mumia's incarceration. We appropriately titled this uh, 40 years plus wise Mumia um still incarcerated. Um, at some point, um, Abdul Haq is going to talk about the case for those who don't know. And so we can uh, continue to talk about this. We want others to um, to mimic what we're doing and have a, at least a 40-minute discussion at some point in the next 40 days or so. And the campaign has been going on already. So you do it at your convenience. Just commit 40 uh, minutes to discussing Mumia and what his importance is to us and ask yourself questions, why is he still incarcerated? And what are you doing to bring him home? Because I had to ask myself that question and prior to us coming on air, I asked Abdul Haq Islam is, um, why is Mumia still incarcerated? And if we really think that Mumia is innocent, what are we doing? And if we're not doing enough, why? Then obviously we think that his incarceration is correct. And if we think it's, it is not uh, correct, then we need to question the quality of our work. And I think that that's what it boils down to, is the quality of work of the people. That's right. Put the pressure on, you know. Put the pressure on. Yeah, make it a priority. You know, just like education is a priority. You know, voting rights is a priority. You know, uh, freeing those who are innocent, freeing our political prisoners is a priority. We must put the work in. Put the pressure on the system. Absolutely. We have to uh, keep going and we have to look at our victory, right? The people we right. have victories because if we think about it, as we were playing uh, how it's in peace and he talked about Mumia um, being um, released from said death row, that that wasn't what the state wanted to do. 
people fought hard and long for that. So that was a people victory. And we have to be inspired by those victories. Because Asunyada Koli, he's recently been uh, brought home. And uh, he had the opportunity to experience certain things that he hasn't experienced in the decades that he's been uh, incarcerated, close to um, close to uh, half a century. And uh, we have to look at that. And we have to say we have the power to relieve our and some of us get discouraged because it takes so much and the state is not going to release political prisoners but our political prisoners has given us the ammunition so Niana said it himself and you want to hear me say it a number of times the people the people release political prisoners not the state it's our tax dollars that built those uh, prison industrial complex systems so we have to ask ourselves who really has the power so if we know that we have the power, then we're going to execute that power by um, mobilizing, by organizing, by agitating. We have to look at those, those factors. Those are components to making concrete change, real change. Change is beneficial for us today, tomorrow, and the day after. So I do a hawk. You know, I would like to you for to speak on Mumia and speak about what's going on and speak on the responsibilities of the people. Uh, yes, brother. Uh, power all power to the people. You know, let's fight to bring Mumia home. Um, Mumia was sentenced on the 3rd of July, one day before the 4th of July, you know. And uh, we're saying that um, the 4th of July is a period, of a big propaganda uh, period for the enemy in which the enemy tries to um, push the idea of white supremacy that this uh, civil, so-called civilization, this system that he has created is the most perfect system in the history of the world, you know. And cases like Mumia Abu Jamal's case and other places, other cases in which justice was completely crucified, you understand, uh, dissected and thrown into the garbage can, you understand, prove that uh, it's a great big lie. So it's, it, it's a lie, you understand? And so we're saying that, you know, on the 4th of your lie, you know, our people like to make a whole lot of noise. I was coming home the other night, and there was so much noise out there, fireworks stuff. It sounded like World War III. Uh, Frank told me that his little niece was, was scared and kept, kept running to him because of all that noise, you know? So, you know, we... You know, it's not because they believe the lie, but it's because, you know, our people like making noise and, you know, partying and can't all barbecuing, shooting guns like that on New Year's Eve and the 4th of July. And, uh, you know, really our people don't really go for that, for that, for that long con game, you know. Uh, what I want to do here before we play uh, the Frederick Douglass speech is to talk about the case, in uh, the, 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 the facts. Emma Mia's case, Mia is innocent, you know, and... This has uh, created a big movement around the world, the fact of Mumia's innocence. So I'm talking about, um, you know, uh, some of the factors, you know, that prove Mumia is innocent. Um, the, the witnesses, Pamela Jenkins, Cynthia White, Veronica Jones, was all prostitutes. You know, uh, Veronica Jones, you understand, um, testified, you understand, in order to uh, get a felony charge dropped against her. Pamela Jenkins, Cynthia White, both cursed by the police to lie, okay? Uh, Cynthia White, you know, had changed her story, you know, uh, 
she uh, 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 confirmed what uh, William Signatory and Robert uh, Schobert had said that they saw a very large black man running from the scene of the crime, you understand, and, uh, and, and, and this was the, the shooter who had shot Officer Faulkner, you know, Mamiya was wounded on the ground, um, and, and uh, you know, the police uh, tried to destroy the, the, the testimony of uh, William Singletary, you understand, and Robert Schobert, you understand, so this is uh, an example of police corruption. Police corruption is everywhere. We got a false confession. You know, the police officer that was guarding when we had Uku Jamal while he was in the hospital testified that made the statement that the prisoner didn't make any statements, didn't say anything. A month later, you know, uh, we get a, a, a false confession, you know, a report that Mumia said, yeah, I shot the MF and I, I hope he's dead. You know, uh, the bullet fragment, Mumia had a 38, the bullet fragment that was taken off of Officer Faulkner was a, was, was a 44, you know. Uh, somehow, miraculously, the, the fragment of the bullet, which would have showed um, the caliber of the bullet, they lost it. Can you imagine them losing, uh, actually, actually losing a very, very vital piece of evidence like this? You know, um, uh, the, the Lord Anthony Jackson, you know, ineffective assistance counsel, didn't interview, didn't prepare at all, didn't interview any witnesses. You know, uh, so we got very, very strong uh, 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 grounds for Mumia to be tried again, Mumia to be free, and the people have the power, you know, do not ever think that the system is so overwhelmingly powerful that there ain't nothing you can do. It's always it's a military strategy yes. to overwhelm the spirit of your enemy, you understand? Yes. Completely overwhelm your enemy and think he'll make you think there's nothing he can do to fight back, and he becomes paralyzed with fear and awe. You understand? Know That's what they try to do to our people. You know, but <clears throat> Mumia was scheduled to die yeah. on uh, Marcus Garvey's birthday yeah. uh, two, uh, uh, more than forty years ago. You know, it was the power of the people in the street. Yeah. You understand? Know the same Mumia's life, the same power of the people. To put the pressure on the system, you understand, to bring Mumia home. Okay, uh, brother, would you play that clip uh, by Jer uh, James L. Jones, um, Frederick Douglass speech? Yes, I'm going to get it right now. Just give me a few minutes. Uh, please excuse the, the, uh, the delay. As uh, we are understaffed, but we realize the importance of the, um, of the message. So we have to put it together. Yeah, we well, have to know, hold ourselves responsible. It ain't a whole lot of us, but you'd rather have uh, six workers, you know, standing a thousand flies. You know, a thousand flies. Absolutely, you know, they absolutely. Get down, they got mega tons of uh, organized effort into doing nothing, you know. So you'd rather have some workers. Absolutely. All right, boom, there it is.
citizens pardon me. Allow me to ask, why am I called upon to speak here today? What have I or those I represent to do with your national interests? Are the great principles of political freedom and natural justice embodied in the Declaration of Independence extended to us? And am I therefore called upon to bring our humble offering to the national altar and to confess the benefits expressed in our gratitude for the things resulting from your independence to us? Would to God both for a sake and all of us that an affirmative answer could be truthfully returned to these questions? Then would my task be light and my burden easy and delightful. But such is not the state of the case. I see it with a sad sense of disparity between us. I am not included within the pale of this glorious anniversary. Your high independence only reveals immeasurable distance between us. The blessings in which you this day rejoice not enjoyed in common. The rich inheritance of justice, liberty, and prosperity, and independence bequeathed by your fathers is shared by you, not by me. The sunlight that brought fight and healing to you has brought stripes to me. This of July is yours, not mine. Right on. At a time like this, scorching irony, not convincing arguments, even, oh, had I the ability and could reach the nation's ear, I would today pour out a fiery stream of fighting ridicule, blasting reproach, withering sarcasm, and stern rebuke. For it is not might that is needed, but fire. It is not the gentle shower. The thunder. We need the storm, the whirlwind, and the earthquake. The feeling of the nation must be quickened. The conscience of the nation must be roused. The propriety of the nation must be startled. The hypocrisy of the nation must be exposed, and its crimes against God and man must be proclaimed and denounced. <laughs> What to the American slave is your 4th of July? I answer, a day that reveals to him more than all other days in the year the gross injustice and cruelty in which he is the constant victim. To him, your celebration is a sham. Your boasted liberty and unholy license your national greatness, swelling vanity, your sounds of rejoicing are empty and heartless, your denunciation of tyrants, brass-fronted impudence, your shouts of liberty and equality, hollow mockery, your prayers and hymns, your sermons and thanksgivings with all your religious parade and sublimity are to him mere boundless fraud. Deception, piety, and 
hypocrisy, a thin veil to cover up crimes which would disgrace a nation of savages. There's not a nation on the earth guilty of practices more shocking and bloody than are the people of the United States at this very hour. Go where you may, search where you will, roam through all the monarchies and dispossess despises of the old world. Travel through South America, search out every abuse, and when you have found the last, lay your facts by the side of the everyday practices of this nation. And you will say with me that for revolting barbarity and shameless hypocrisy, America reigns without a rival. What a powerful speech! And yeah, regardless yeah. of what time, Fire. yeah, that was that speech is from 1852, and we live in 2022, and it's still relevant, right? It's still relevant because people are dealing with oppression. And and we and we are dealing with still a police brutality. Uh, right, we have a, a re- right. recent shooting of this brother in Akron, Ohio. They shot what they shot at him. Walker. They shot Jaden. Yes, they shot at him ninety times. Hit him sixty. Shot him while he was on the ground. Jalen Walker, twenty five, Akron, Ohio. Yes. Yeah, so we know when we look at that, we still have that fight to go to deal with. We have uh, the fight for. Um, you know, uh, quality health care. We want free health care. But um, when we look at police brutality and we look at the history of that's going on, that now we have to uh, continue. We have to continue to organize. We have to continue to participate and mobilize. We have to do what needs to be done. But elaborate more on that. Yeah, what um, Brother Frederick Douglass was talking about, you know, we see a great example of that in the murders by police officers, you know, uh, there's a racist culture up inside uh, police departments that uh, they can murder black people, you know, uh, the, um, the, the cruelty, the injustice, you know, the humanity, uh, when the brother said a nation of savages, you know, that is um, live and well in police departments across the country, you know, um, the brother just talked about a recent Murdered by the police, Jalen Walker, 25, Akron, Ohio. You know, uh, it was revealed on uh, the Marxist of the day that in the Akron, Ohio area, that they have more Ku Klux Klan than anywhere else. You know, uh, many got many many races up inside police departments. You know, um, and uh, they've had a, a great history, uh, not great, but a terrible history of murdering our people. So it was because of this that the uh, existence of organizations like the Black Panthers and the Black Liberation Army existed to defend our people, you know, um, you, you know, uh, uh, being very, very aware and, and concerned and needing to respond and act in a positive way to defend Black people. You know, we have people who are uh, who, who stood up for us who are now political prisoners. So uh, when we talk about political prisoners, we think about political prisoners, we got to really, uh, on the top
Remember the police murders. Remember Tamir Rice, 12 years old, Cleveland, Ohio. You understand? Yes, it's a direct relationship to our national liberation struggle. Right, that's correct. That's, right. that's correct, brother. You know, uh, seeing playing with a toy gun in a, in, 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 in a sand lot. You understand? The police, seconds after encountering this 12-year-old child, opened up fire and killed her. Eleanor Bumpers. We remember Eleanor Bumpers. You understand? Uh, uh, the police murdered Eleanor Bumpers talking about she had a knife. You understand? Uh, yes, and that was brutal. Yeah. Sean Bell shot 50 times, you know, uh, in, in Queens. All right? We remember that. Uh, I shot Keyshawn Watson right down the street where I am right now. Right down the street at the barbershop on Church Avenue, you understand, uh, about uh, 200 yards from where we sit right now, the police murdered uh, Ashan Keyshawn Watson, you know, on Church Avenue in Brooklyn. All right. Uh, Stephen Clark uh, was standing in his backyard, had a cell phone in his hand. You know, if you're walking around on the phone, you might be in danger of being shot by a cop. No reason whatsoever, you know, uh, for the... For, Orlando uh, Castile in, 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 in uh, uh, Minnesota had um, a legal uh, uh, possession of legally possession of a firearm. He stopped by the cops. He told the cops that he had a legal uh, gun in his possession, and the police just opened fire on him. Freddie Gray, you understand, uh, hog tied in the backseat of a police car, drove around, you understand, and bumped and jostled around, you understand, broke his spine, you understand, you know, and he died. Okay, Eric Garner, Staten Island, you know, uh, choked to death, uh, you know, uh, you know, allegedly selling cigarettes, you know, choked to death. That was one of the uh, uh, brothers that the, the, the slogan, I can't breathe, came through. Uh, John, uh, Dante Wright, uh, police stopping the car in Minneapolis, Minnesota. You know, it seemed like this Minneapolis, Minnesota place, there's been a whole lot of police killings up there. You know, uh, stopped in, you know, police stopping the car. Ended up with him being killed. Uh, Jalen Walker, we just talked about that. Eleanor Bumper, we talked about her. Uh, Fanny Lou Hamer, a sister that was beaten almost uh, within an inch of her life. Except for organizing, for voting rights. Also, you know, also political prisoner. A political prisoner, yeah. So, you know, um, we understand this violence that these racist cops have uh, uh, inflicted upon our people then we can understand the value of those who fought for us, you know, who fought to defend us. These are political defenders. Uh, uh, Manuel Ellison said, uh, come to Washington, uh, uh, coming from home from the store, beating it to death. You can just go to the store and get you something to, get you something to eat, and on the way home, uh, get murdered for no reason whatsoever. And the police are very seldom in prison for what they do. Some, every once in a while, they get suspended, Get a few days off of work, you understand? But most of the time, they get all scot-free. You know, like we say, Black Panthers are still in prison to kill cops, go free. Uh, George Floyd, 46 years old, you know, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Another Minneapolis incident, you understand? Uh, this, uh, you know, the protest, what happened to him went all over the world, okay? Uh, Brandon Taylor, 26, was asleep in the house, Louisville, Kentucky. You know, the police came to the house and, and, and murdered her. Uh, 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 they had a, 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 shot, a, a search warrant. Uh, and Tiller Jefferson was at home, reported, uh, the police reported somebody called and said her door was open. You know, so uh, they came and shot her through the window. 
Um, Ara Russell, for instance, got home. Uh, the boyfriend of Colleen. So, you know, a lot of times when you call the cops and end up that the police come and for the slightest reason, they'll find uh, to, 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 to murder somebody. You yeah, know? They, they, these, are, these are racist, murderers. Right. You know, this is um, part of the system that uh, the brother just the, the brother just described that Frederick Douglass talked about uh, in the uh, in the Fourth of July. What is the Fourth of July to black people? All right, um, you know, it's the time that our people spend making us some noise. We need to make some noise to bring me out with Jamal home and to bring all the free all clothes. Make some noise, put some pressure on the system because believe me, pressure will break the pot. Absolutely, and, and I think that what people need to understand is back to what I was saying earlier about the people victories, about getting um, um, Mumei Abu-Jamal off the road, bringing Sundiata home, bringing Sekul Dinga home, bringing Jalil Abdul-Muthakim home, and bringing uh, Dave Gilbert home. You know, these are, um, are victories that we have to um, be become more inspired by because we know if we brought um, those political prisoners home, then we could bring home Mumei because as I said before, and I'm going to say it again and again, that Zikul Dinga told me that he was sentenced to life. And he told the judge, what do you think, what makes you think, what gives you the God-given right to send me or have me incarcerated for the rest of my life? What makes you think I'm going to be in here for the rest of my life? So, you know, he understood that, you know, he had to be determined. He had to um, do what had to be done to bring himself home. I mean, it wasn't done by himself because he had the support of the people. But my point is that you know, that's an example of us expressing our unbroken spirit, as John, um, as George Jackson would say, that you can't, you would not count him among broken men. And I think that that's how political prisoners reason. They would not be accounted, not be counted among broken men. And we, the people who are out here with our so-called freedom, we have the ability to move around, to uh, engage with each other, to see each other, to uh, really inspire each other to do things and uh, to feel better, we have that ability to do that where our political prisoners don't. And one of the things that we can do uh, to give them as much of that uh, ability that we have is write them. We have to write our political prisoners and, and ask them what do they think of what we're doing. That's one of the things that I did. When send I, donations. Right, right. Send, donate, donate a dollar. And for those who donated a dollar, uh, let me know what you want me to do with your money. Um, if you want me to buy a poster, I'll do that specifically. If you want me to um, uh, take the money and, and give it to a, a particular organization, I'll do that. I'll always let you know because that's what I'm doing right now. And because of the contributions, I'm able to actually, I was able to pay my, my ticket for this podcast, this Black Podcast Festival that's happening August 26th, which is ironic because August is Black August. is a day that we get further uh, generated off of doing our political work and making sure that we continue the ideas of those who are incarcerated and those who are passed on, those martyrs in our national liberation struggle. So um, I am going to be personally accountable for what I'm doing with my donations so that if you have any um, opposing view towards it, that um, I can say, okay, what do you think I can do and can I do it? Because, uh, you know, we are the staff, but yet it's not the quantity, it's the quality. And uh, we ask you to donate a dollar. A dollar can go a long way. The cash app is Sefus and Kofa. That's S-E-F-U-S-A-N-K-O-F-A. You can get me a cash app. And I uh, really appreciate those who 
made a contribution, got more work to do because we don't stop until our political prisoners are home. Abdul Islam, is that what did that mean to you when you received those letters? I know we said this before, but for those who are viewing this for the first time, it's important that they hear your story, a story of the former political prisoner uh, regarding that letter that you received in your jail so and what it made you feel like. Because Mumi Abu Jamal said, you're in your bed, you a picture being in your bed 23 hours a day. And so if a political prisoner is incarcerated or in a jail cell for the majority of the time that they're up, then that, then that uh, letter means a lot to them. Well, it's, it's, it's inspiration, it's hope, you know. It uh, makes you realize that there are people out there, you know, who have some political consciousness, you know, who uh, have gratitude, you understand, for the fact that folks stood up for them, you understand, um, you know, and, and, and sacrificed, you know, and it gives us, um, the, like I said, the hope and the inspiration that the people will carry on the struggle, you know. Uh, you know, you might be in the prison cell, you know, one thing prison is designed to make you feel like ain't nothing you can do whatsoever, you know. You're like, they want you to feel like you're a rat or a mouse caught in a trap. There ain't nothing you can do, you understand. But when you get these messages from the people, you understand, that, that, that there's still some life out there in the street, that the, police, that the people are still fighting back, you understand. And so it gives you strength, you understand what I'm saying. And it gives you that, that energy, that inspiration, you know, that courage to keep on fighting on keep on going on, you understand, and, and you know, and to make that time spend easy on them. All right, brother, so uh, it's about 12.30. We're trying to finish this episode off at 12.35, so right now we're just going to give you uh, the, the words of powerful activist um, Killer Mike. Because mm-hmm. well, we want to be in solidarity with the uh, 40 days of 40 rallies in 40 cities, to bring Mumia home because this is very important um, work and it's a very important statement by us doing 40 days, 40 rallies. So, kill a mic. Kill a mic. Do this as well. And I have to give the credit to this idea of this Kathy Hughes of Radio One. She's like, Michael, it is time that you guys organize a fund to set aside to help people who sacrifice my freedom. Meaning, we every time something happens, I hear this. Why don't the gang bangers jump up and do something for them? Why don't you kill them? You kill each other. And I say to myself, when is the last time you sent money to Asada Shakur? When is the last time you sent money to Matulu Shakur? When is the last time you sent money to Mamiya Abu Jamal? or Larry Hoover, or Jeff Ford, or Leonard Pelton. When is the last time you have made it your business to send money to a revolutionary or a hoodlum that has helped us? And until we start to do that, how can we ask these young men to be warriors? Because if they do it in the name of the hood, at least the hood going to honor their name always. At least the hood going to make sure at least their children got something or their mama's house is looked after as a community. If we're going to ask people to bungee jump for us with no cord, be prepared to take care of them when they get a life sentence. Be prepared to look after their families. See, I don't mind the work getting done, but let's take care of the workers. Let's stop asking more out of people than we would do for ourselves. So what I'd like to see, my dream thing, is to see one million people from the culture dedicate $10 a month 
dollars a month, $120 million a year toward taking care of civil rights leaders who have worked on our behalf and are elderly now and don't have to take care of themselves, like Rosa Parks, whose rent was paid by the owner of, of, of um, Little Caesar's Pizza. We should have had a fund to make sure that she never had to worry about that again in her life. We should have a fund that makes sure money makes it to Asada Shakur. And Matulu Shakur has has, has legal and legal representation and food. And Leonard Pelcher, who has um, diabetes in jail, can get insulin and taken care of. And until we start doing it, $10 a month is about what you pay on a couple fast food restaurant business. So if a million of us do that for the rest of our life, look at how well we'll be taking care of the people that we're asking to sacrifice on our behalf. I agree. And uh, we... Yeah, so those are powerful words from um, our brother, um, Killer Mike, where anybody who knows Killer Mike, please let him know about our podcast. I've been trying my best to uh, go through certain channels to get in touch with him because we need to have him on his show because um, we need his voice, we need his platform. I see that he has a show on Revolt, and uh, I would love to get on that show and, and speak about political prisoners and speak about this work. So um, we're asking uh, anybody who's viewing this, if you know somebody in that area who knows him, make sure you share our information with him, uh, share our contact information so that we can um, amplify this uh, this message, this word, because we see that for him to put out a message that the way he did, that he's uh, sincere about what he's saying, and we have to put pressure on uh, him and people like that to be consistent with this idea, because if we're not consistent, then it's going to be forgotten about. Because as we spoke about the attack on us consistently, we talk about police brutality, we talk about uh, the healthcare system, we talk about the questionable uh, quality of food, we talk about our housing conditions, the lack of affordable housing. There are many things that are uh, uh, on us, and um, education, and you know, some way, somehow, the political prisoner can be forgotten about that, and we don't want that to happen. So, um, we're gonna sound off right now. Say, what's the call? Primo. What's the call? Primo. So we commit forty minutes to our brother and um, our hero, Umea. Free them all. 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 There you have it. Once again, uh, we did what we were supposed to do. Presented an episode of the NEPPC podcast, 40 Minutes from Mumia. Please uh, share this very important information with as many people as you can. Let us not forget Mumia. Let's express love. Uh, send a donation at Cash App, Sefus and Kofa. Peace and love. <laughs>